0: You know, love is incredibly important in, in our lives for what certainly God has done for each one of us. If I look around and see the faces in this room, the only reason that we are here is because of the love of God himself through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. That's the only reason why we sit in here and are privileged to be able to have the freedom to sing what we want to sing and do what we want to do. And Mark, I just want to thank you for the way you led this morning and allowed the Holy Spirit to move in expressing that love to uh, the congregation uh, uh, so that the Holy Spirit could minister to each one of us. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to begin to unpack a discipleship. It's a two-part series on discipleship. But the core of it is all about love. So um, our church has been uh, in existence now for for 20 years. And in those 20 years, Years we have come together uh, world harvest Bible church and Kingdom Faith merged or married. There was a marriage that took place, and the churches came together. There has also been cafe logos historically where we had a cafe where it's been used to minister to to people. There has also been a nursery historically which is now a private nursery which still operates in in our other building. And so, historically, we've been working as a church to expand the kingdom of God. And the opportunity that you see before us in our own church, where we see seats that are unfilled, is an opportunity to minister to get those seats filled. Now, we've also been involved in uh, uh, setting up an annual mission statement for us, which is about reach, or the vision, I should say, is about reach. And in that reach we have set up life groups. We want to use life groups as a method of reaching out. We've set up small groups, and I think that's an important aspect of of discipleship. We've also got the healing ministry, and I want to say to uh, uh, Pastor Bob King uh, that the healing ministry, it happens in the the backgrounds of the church, which uh, is actively taken forward but they continually and quietly get on with the ministry that God has called them to do. It doesn't mean that nothing is happening, there are people being healed, there are, there are people being released of their uh, illnesses uh, and mindsets being released, and yet they quietly get on with what God has called them to do. So God is moving in this church, is the point I'm making. So get hold of the fact that we are not here to just fill the seats and become believers. And I'm going to come on to uh, the distinction in in the word today about believer and a disciple. And then as I impact that, then next week it will be impacting to the activity that goes with that. But I'm going to focus on believer and disciple. And in the context of what I say in terms of believer, it's a believer who who attends church uh, on a Sunday, so just bear that in mind, because believer can also mean a person who's very passionate and moving on with God. But in the context of what I'm saying today, assume that what I'm using is as a believer who is attending church and who will go to heaven, and where discipleship is a bit more than that, uh, that uh, which I will unpick. Okay, let me just ask you a question first of all. If I say to you, Costa, what springs to you, what's the first thing that springs to your mind? Coffee. Coffee. Let's just... What was that? Oh, Costa. <laughs> Diego Costa. There always has to be one, doesn't there? Always one. <laughs> okay, so if I say to you, in the general sense of things, <laughs> if I say Costa, it says to you? Costa. If I say BMW, what does it say to you? Car. Car. Right, you're getting the picture. Okay, just to set the scene. So we'll just run through this Costa. Uh-oh. BMW. Uh-oh. Asda. <laughs> Levi's. Apple. Jollof rice. <laughs> yes, Jollof rice, Nigeria. Chicken tikka masala, yeah. India. Premier League. Believer. Disciple. Oh, oh, whoa, oh, oh, whoa, oh, oh. whoa, whoa, disciple. Me. Oof. So there tends to be a mixed view on what disciple is. You know, everyone's excited about Costa. BMW car, say believer, and oh, yeah, there's a bit of a ripple, and then you say discipling. Mm. Oh, what's that? (laughs) We get stuck at that point, what disciple is. And I'm going to unpack this thing for us about being a church that is on the move and on the go. So bear with me over the next um, uh, 30 minutes or so as I go through this and unpack what discipleship is. Now, I've got a statement, and see if you agree with me. Every disciple is a believer, but not all believers are disciples. We agree with that? Every disciple is a believer, but not all believers are disciples. And the word disciple in the New Testament, if you look at, say, the Gospels and in Acts, is used about 261 times. So it's there firmly in the New Testament. Yet it's one of the weakest areas in the church today one of the weakest areas in the church today. Because we've forgotten or we're limited to knowing how to lead someone to Christ. We've forgotten to do that, in some cases. How to heal the sick, and that's why we're so glad, you know, that Pastor Bob has taken on the healing ministry. But some churches have forgotten how to teach people how to get into healing and healing the sick. Or set up small groups, how to get someone filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to be humble in who we are, have a teachable spirit so that we can then begin to reach out to those that are around us and bring healing, bring small groups where people can come together, bring life groups together, to be in a place where we are active in God. And Acts 2, uh, 42, is one of my... Acts 2, certainly, is one of my favourite scriptures, and Mark mentioned it to you this morning. Uh, As Peter mentioned, some of the, the scriptures I want to pick up on about love. But Acts 2, if you just turn to that, and I just want to express something that's really important for us, just before I get into discipleship and and, and the difference between a disciple and a believer. And in Acts 2, verse 44, it's the New King James Version I'll be using, so if it's going on the screen, if we can use that version, that would be really helpful. Now, all believers, this is verse 44, now all believers who believed were together and had all things in common. They were together, they had all things in common. And sold their possessions and goods and divided them amongst all as anyone had need. So, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. I love that. With simplicity of heart. There was nothing complicated. Praising God and having favor uh, with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily. The Lord added to the church daily. And when Mark mentioned it upstairs, yeah, the Lord added to the church daily. So when you're added to the church daily, you're not in a stagnant pool of water as such, are you? It's not stagnant. You're not seeing the same faces, the same people, uh, week in or week out. In some cases it might be, but you know, people have been added to the church daily. So what that spoke to me was about freshness. That as you add, there's new people coming in, ideas, and as you add, what do you do? You send. So there's a continuing flow of people coming in and moving on, and then there's this freshness that's in the church. You know, new pastors coming in, new with a passion to be trained up to you know lead life groups or small groups. There's a passion to be, you know, on the mission field, to go to India, or to go to Zambia or go to Nigeria or to go to Albania. There's a passion to share with one another about the very point that Peter made, about the love of Jesus Christ and what Christ has been doing in our hearts. That passion comes through that constant flow and going out, reaching out and bringing people in. It's exciting. We come together and we share, wow, I touched such and such person. They gave their life to Jesus. Wow, I was on the street and and Bob was with me and we healed somebody. You know, Or another person was added to the small group or to the life group. So daily, there's an adding of people into the kingdom. Now, let me just take you on your journey, just first and foremost, just a very snippet of where we have come from. So first of all, we were, we were spiritually dead, uh, as, as, as people, as it says in Ephesians. So if you turn to Ephesians 2, uh, verses 1 to 6, I'll go through it. So I want to take you to, through a journey of when you're spiritually dead, to becoming a new creation, to growing in stature in who we are, and then to uh, spiritual maturity and into becoming fishers of men. So that's the journey that we, we go along. So, v- Ephesians 2 1, 6, it says this. Sorry, uh, Ephesians 2 verse 1 to verse 6. And you he made alive who were dead in trespass and sin. So, once we were dead, agreed? But when we become born again, we you know, move from death into life. In, uh, in, which, uh, in which you once walked according to the c- c- course of this world, according to the prince, the power of the earth, the spirit, who now works in the sins of, his, of disobedience. So we're walking in disobedience. We were ruled by the power of the earth, the spirit, or the enemy. Yeah? Or we, we uh, moved around in the world doing what we wanted to do among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, or our flesh, fulfilling the desires of flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as others. So we walked in that. And then it's only by the grace of God, but, verse 4, but God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespass, made us alive together with Christ and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places. So he took us from a place of death and brought us to be seated in the heavenly places. What a privilege for us to be put into that position from a place of death. And then it goes on to say in verse 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. It's only by the grace of God that we've been taken from death to life. So as a Christian, what we then do is, uh, we, be, we, we become a Christian, uh, and we are a new Christian, and we begin to, to, to mature. And in Colossians 1:13 13 13-14, it says this, He has delivered us from the power of darkness, and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. So through the blood of Jesus, through the forgiveness of sins, we are a new creation. And then what is supposed to happen after that is we're supposed to start maturing in who we are, in, 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 in God, or suddenly growing in stature. And what that means, growing in stature, is about focusing on the fruit of the Spirit. So I want to take that as a very quick example. So suddenly you're, you're, you've got the fruit of the uh, uh, Spirit in, in inside of you. You're, you're developing as a Christian, so there's love and there's joy, which you haven't experienced before, in the supernatural love, the supernatural joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. All those things you start drawing from the throne room of heaven. Not the peace in the, world, in the way the world says it, like, uh, you know, if there's a time of war, there's a time of peace. Yeah, but this is supernatural peace that you've got to hold on to. You've got to hold off. And so we start drawing and we start growing in stature and to reach a place of spiritual maturity. But what happens is when we're in a place of spiritual maturity, is we sometimes start dipping a little bit. Uh, and then we start going up. So we start, uh, you know, uh, moving away slightly. Uh, and there's a good scripture in the in the Bible that describes that. And if we go to Hebrews 5, 12 to 14, it says this. It's about spiritual immaturity uh, to start with. So we've moved from being spiritually dead to being a new creation, a growing in stature, and we're moving into spiritual maturity. But there's some immaturity to start with, i.e. that we're on milk and not solid food. So in verse uh, 12 to 14, 14 of uh, Hebrews chapter 5 for thou for though by his time you have ought to be teachers you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of god and you have come to need milk and not solid food so milk and not solid food but when we reach maturity what happens is this for anyone everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness for he is a babe so if we don't mature, we remain unskilled in handling the Word of God and handling uh, the Holy Spirit and where the Holy Spirit is prompting us. But solid food brings us to a place where uh, we are full of age. That is, those who, by reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So we exercise our senses. So we go from immaturity to maturity and we become strong in who God is called to be, so we can exercise our senses, so we know what's good and what's evil, and so we're growing in maturity. And then there's a scripture after that, which we kind of stop there, don't we? We kind of say, "Right, I'm a mature Christian. I'm in church. Thank you very much. I'm enjoying myself. Great life. You know, great job. Uh, I'm coming to church on a Sunday and enjoying the worship, enjoying the time." But there's a scripture that comes after that, uh, and it's uh, and Jesus says this. He says in Mark 1.17, and it's in Matthew as well. Then Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. Let's pause there. You come from being spiritually dead, to being a new creation, to growing in stature, to being spiritually mature, and then Jesus says, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Not that you'll make yourself, but he'll make you fishers or men. And that'll be impacted a bit more next week. So we need to move from being an unbeliever to maturity uh, in our belief system and to becoming a disciple and a leader. So what is it about disciples and believers? What's the difference really between the believer and the disciple? Remember in the context of what I said earlier on. So believers fight to grow, whereas disciples produce themselves. So, for example, when we go to Zambia, we spend a year in advance of going to any Zambian mission to get into the Word. So all of us are getting into the Word and preparing ourselves in that Word so that we're reproducing what God is putting into us in the Word in another nation. So that means that when we go, we're reproducing ourselves, that we don't need to remain in Zambia year on year on year on year, but what we do is the Zambians get hold of what we've imparted to them, so they reproduce. And that's the model that we should all be in, is that as a disciple, that we reproduce ourselves. And believers can fail, fall into routine, i.e., uh, as I described, you know, we can come to church on a Sunday, we can go to a life group on a, uh, a Wednesday or a Thursday, uh, or we can then uh, join a small group, etc. But it's more than that. Those are great. Don't get me wrong. Those things are uh, excellent uh, areas to have in church. But it's more than that. Let's not fall into routine because what a disciple does, uh, they are revolutionaries. They think outside of the box. They begin to think, yes, I need to go to life group, but I'm going to take 10 people with me. They're the ones who start saying, yes, I want to set up a small group, but actually what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite people from my workplace to come in. Or I'm going to do something that will get me back into the workplace. To draw on those people. So we've got the structure in place, but the disciple is a revolutionary and uses that structure to build the church and expand and grow the kingdom. So it's important to be a revolutionary uh, as a disciple. Uh, That's what we are. Believers look for encouragement when we are weak. But disciples know, like Paul, that when I am weak, then he is strong in my life. So in that weakness, he becomes our strength in, in what we do not that we remain weak and we draw uh, on others. So believers are conditioned by circumstances. Disciples take advantage of circumstances to exercise faith. A couple of weeks ago, a colleague in work said to me, uh, we were in a leadership training, and in leadership training you have four aspects of uh, they say.